Hey, everybody. It's me, Sean Horwell. You are listening to the Never Heard of It podcast, the podcast where we talk about the movies that have fallen right on through our cracks. I'm glad you're here. Please say hello to my lovely co-host, Craig Moorhead. And Craig Moorhead, say hello to the people. Hello, people. It's Craig Moorhead, and I'm here to remind you that you can find us online pretty much anywhere. Just type our name in if you're trying to find us, and you'll find us. You'll find our site. You'll find our Facebook. You'll find us on iTunes. I'm laying it out for you. I'm not even waiting. I'm not even asking Sean how he's been. I'm just diving right into it. I like that. Yeah. Um, You know, I I do want to say I continue to use Spotify. Mm Mm-hmm. To listen to podcasts has been a pretty good experience so far. Awesome. I like that app. I'm not a paid subscriber at the moment. Right. And no problems playing podcasts in the free app, downloading them to your phone to take it with you in the car. So, uh, yeah, if, you're, if you've got that app and you're just not using it for podcasts yet, I don't know. It's a pretty good option, and we're in there. So come take it out. I dig it. Craig, mm. we talked about college last time. Yeah. We did a tee-up. Harold... Jesus Christ. I I almost called him Harold Lloyd, which is probably the problem he had his entire career. I apologize to the eternal remains of Buster Keaton. (laughs) Sorry, Buster. Sorry, Bust. Um, Today, we're going skipping ahead 60 years. That's right. Um, Not quite on the nose, but pretty close. We'll get to that. We got a movie that you picked out that I had never heard of at all. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about why you chose this movie, and then we'll talk about who made I will. the damn thing. Oh. Uh, yeah, well, so the movie's Hiding Out, as you said. came out in 1987. It's, uh, it's a movie set in, in high school, essentially, but the idea is that there's this guy running from the mob, and he's pretending to be, you know, a high school student. It's very 21 Jump Street-esque. It's very 21 Jump Street-esque. 21 Jump Street was already out. Clearly, everyone always wanted movies about high schoolers, especially in the 80s. That's when high Mm -hmm. school was really popular. It's not so popular now. (laughs) Most people don't even go. I don't know if you know that. Most people don't (laughs) even go to high school. They really don't. The numbers are down. (laughs) But... Explains a few things. It does. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. So, this is a movie... uh, Stars John Cryer, uh, you know you, you know him as as kind of the nerdy guy from Pretty in Pink, so mm-hmm. he's a John Hughes guy, which makes him yep. you know golden anyway. And I remember seeing this and thinking, boy, that's probably an interesting movie. And I mean, this is 1987. I'm like, you know, 13 years old, so I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. Yeah. But I never rented it, and now I'm finally going to correct that horrible mistake, Sean. I'm glad. I'm Thank glad you, you are. And uh, I will correct the mistake of not even knowing that this existed. Yeah, believe me. John Cryer is rolling around in his grave right now. (laughs) He's not dead. He's not dead. Well, then that's even weirder. Yeah. Buster Keaton's probably still rolling around in his grave from that previous comment. Maybe. uh, Maybe. We got a lot of... John Cryer just join him out of sympathy. Active graves. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, so yeah, so let's talk about the people behind the the scenes and in front of the scenes. (sighs) Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they got out in front of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. So, um, so the movie is directed by a fellow named Bob Giraldi. 
I'm guessing that's his name, not Guraldi, but if it is, I apologize. I hope you're not rolling around in your grave, Bob. Uh, yeah. So Bob did, I mean, you have, if you were alive in the 80s and had eyeballs that could see a TV, you have definitely seen Bob Giraldi's work. I'm telling you, the name sounds familiar, and I, I don't know a single title. I haven't looked, so lay it on me. I'm very curious when I saw that name. Here's the deal. He did Michael Jackson's Beat It video. No So right joke. there. Wow. That's okay. most people. Yeah. Uh, what I have written down here, he did Pat Benatar's Love is a Battlefield. Not that that was a huge video, but I, I liked it. It was a big it. song, though, man. Yeah. Huge song. But he also did the Pepsi Michael Jackson hair on fire thing. Wow. Yeah. So, so this guy did tons of of videos. I mean, th- those are some of the biggest things, uh, obviously the biggest Oh, that's, a, that's an entire career right there. Yeah, those beat it and that <laughs> Pepsi thing. I mean, you exactly. could just call you could just, it a day. Exactly. Yeah. So we know him and, and, you know, knowing that he worked on those, I think we can all decide, uh, we can all figure out how he ended up with a directing job. Sure. Uh, for, you know, something like hiding out. Now, the writers, Joe Minoski, he wrote uh, uh, some of uh, the Hunter TV show. He wrote tons of Star Trek, everything from Next Generation episodes to Discovery, the latest uh, incarnation of Trek that's on TV. Uh, the other writer mm-hmm. was Jeff Rothberg, who wrote 1996's Bogus. Bogus. Gerard Depardieu and... <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember those ads. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that movie was about. All I remember is looking at the poster and thinking, it's not a movie I want to watch. And I don't know I don't know what it is, but I'm Oddly. like, it doesn't, yeah. look, doesn't look like a good one. I uh, think you were not alone in that. I would, right. I would venture to guess. Uh, I mean, but you know. Uh, anyway. The movie was produced, and it was produced by Jeff Rothberg from 1996's Bogus. Yeah, uh, okay. maybe you remember yeah. him. He wrote uh, "Hiding Out," and uh, and he bruce- produced another movie called "A Simple Wish." And I looked into this movie for a second because it sounded familiar, but then when I looked at it, I realized, nope, that's not familiar. But uh, it's like Martin Short. And uh, the cutest girl in the world from the 80s who, or the 90s, I can't remember her name right now, but she was like, if there were, if you needed a cute girl to like headline your movie, like she was the one. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, I don't know. I we I, I may suggest that later because it looked oddly interesting. And then okay. Uh, okay. Uh, Marty Tudor also produced it. Tudor, T U D O R, not T O O T E R, which would have been a little funnier. <laughs> That's yeah. Uh. Marty, uh, the 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 credit that I felt like meant something really. Uh, Marty did a bunch of stuff, but he he produced uh, a uh, wonderful world of Disney episode from two thousand five. Hmm. So you know, so he's been around. Um, music by Ann Dudley. Ann Dudley did the music for the Full Monty, for the Crying Game, for Mamma wow. Mia. Here we go again. Uh, she's composed tons of stuff, Anne Dudley. Yeah. She looks like she's never rested a day in her life. So God bless her. Uh, DP is Daniel Pearl. Daniel Pearl. Do you know that name? I I do, but I think I'm thinking of the journalist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. That was the first thing I thought the too. Angelina like, Jolie is, movie. Yeah. This doesn't have a happy okay. ending. But no, this is yeah, a different wow. Daniel Pearl. 
he shot Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He shot oh. Amazon Women on the Moon. He shot National Treasure. He did tons of music videos, uh, like Every, Every Breath You Take by the Police uh-huh. in the Name of Love, U2, November Rain. Uh, wow. Yeah, he shot some big dogs. So I, I'm expecting this movie at least looks nice. Um, editing was yeah. by Edward Warsh. I'm going to try it again. i got to get a running start on this one. Editing is by <laughs> Edward Warshilka, which is definitely Shilka. wrong. And uh, I apologize, Edward. But you, Edward, you edited Howard the Duck. You edited 16 mm. Candles, Harold and Maud. Whoa. And you have, Edward, this is your life. You have the uh, interesting distinction of having edited two movies almost 10 years apart, had the exact same title that had nothing to do with each other. You edited a movie called Child's Play in 1972 by Sidney Lumet, a movie about okay. a boys' school. And then uh, you also edited the 1988 Child's Play about the demonic Cabbage Patch Child. So That's, uh, mm-hmm. that's insane on so many levels. Isn't it? I, I, it really I, I is. thought that was what, uh- amazing. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and then he Seems went on to edit okay. uh, Child's Play too, because oh, of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, you go you back, go back to, the, to well. the formula that exactly. works. Right? Yeah. Uh, our cast is uh, starts with John Cryer. You know him because he was in Two Point Five Men, I think. Anyway, he <laughs> yeah. uh, which was a yeah, gigantic show. I didn't didn't watch a second of it, but I really like John Cryer. He was in Pretty in Pink. He was in Hot Shots. He's really funny in Hot Shots. I don't know if you remember this guy. From Hot Shots. I don't know. But he was huh. like, all I remember is that he wore, uh, uh, I'm pretty sure this is right. He, he was the one who was like, he had to wear really thick glasses. <laughs> and all I remember is that he was super funny in it to me. Um, he's done a bunch of stuff on Robot Chicken. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in OC and Stiggs. So he's like in an Altman movie. Not, not a bad way yeah. to start things out for his life. He was in a TV show for like a second called The Famous Teddy Z. Does that sound familiar to you? Not at all. Oh, no. my God. I, I don't remember ever watching the show, but I watched the, the open for it. And I was yeah. like, oh, my God. Like, I remember that. And it was only on for like a year. It was like he becomes like a famous agent. He's like a nobody who becomes an agent in Hollywood. And Alex Rocco is like the head of the agency. And I'm <laughs> like, that sounds like great casting. Yeah, that sounds like gold. Yeah. <sighs> but uh, apparently not. Um, no, well, yeah, but, silver. But John Cryer, like, he's great. He's one of those great actors who hasn't ended up in like tons of great stuff, but mm-hmm. I feel like you can always count on John Cryer one way or another. Yeah. Uh, you got Keith Coogan in this movie. He was, uh, oh God, he was in Adventures in Babysitting, and he's not the annoying neighbor kid. He's the kid in the family who's being babysat. Okay. Uh, if that means anything to you. Uh, Annabeth Gish, a name that I totally recognize, and then when I looked at her face, I said, I don't remember you, but you've been in a ton of stuff. You were in uh, Mystic Pizza in the movie Nixon. Bunch of stuff. You got John Spencer in this cast. John Spencer's fantastic. You might not recognize the name. He was uh, Leo McGarry in West Wing, the chief of staff. He's fantastic. He's like, yeah, he was in everything. Uh, Sean, you have Joy Behar. No kidding. From The View. Yes. Yeah. The first time I feel like we've had an actor who went on to be on a successful daytime talk show. It it's might be. Yeah, it's it, it, it might be. Because we haven't done a Whoopi Goldberg movie. If we do Bogus, no. yeah. that'll be number two. 
but she's on the Great. view, and then you got Warren Keith. Uh, Warren Keith is interesting to me because he played the funeral director who gives Donnie's ashes to the dude in Big Lebowski. He is the voice on the phone talking to Jerry Lundegaard about the missing cars in Fargo. Uh, he played a wow, young FBI okay. agent in Raising Arizona. He seemed to be like a Cohen guy for some reason. He must be, yeah. But like, yeah, he's like, they just like to tuck him into a thing. But there are, I, I looked at uh, everybody who seemed to have a, a photo. Mm-hmm. It's a very long cast. So I, I'm going to be honest, I did not look at every name. But I looked at everybody who had a photo and uh, there are a ton of faces you're definitely going to recognize. Just people Great. you've seen here and there. Um throughout your entire life uh and and that's everything i mean it's it's kind of a cool lineup here behind the the scenes i i'm, I'm hoping we we got something to that's entertaining to watch here isn't that uh, poster interesting mm-hmm. have you looked at it and just the fact that i mean i guess that's john crier on it and he's the only one whose oh. face is not blurred yeah, well, but that's that not. I don't know where that poster comes from. I've never okay, seen like, that poster that, in my life. It doesn't look like John Cryer. Yeah, it I doesn't look like a poster. It looks like somebody messed up. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. We'll, we'll have to post that up yeah. somewhere and, else. Yeah, okay, maybe there's a scene but, in there. Just because yeah, I was like, right. What are the odds of an '80s movie where they they only where they would do that? You know, it's just that that's not <laughs> yeah. good promotion. <laughs> no, there's nothing that know. says high school about it or hiding out. Yes. There's nothing. It barely even says John Cryer. So, yeah. Correct. Weird. I do like the font. Anyway, yeah. uh, that's all awesome stuff. I will say I, I'm going to drop a name here. And the name is John Cryer. I saw John Cryer not too long ago uh, after I came out of a pitch at CBS. He was there oh, really? with Norman Lear. The esteemed Norman Lear, who's 90-something and still out pitching TV shows. And I'm guessing they were working together, which is kind of amazing. That's and, great. Uh, yeah, he, he seemed like a nice dude and so hanging out and polite and uh, yeah, and good for him. Yeah, definitely a fan. Um, this movie, Craig, shot from March 30th to April 29th in 1987, almost a month there. Um, in addition to Boston, most of this movie was shot in... Wilmywood, Wilmington, North Carolina. Yes, although it's standing in for Topsoil Bay, Delaware. Now, there's a there's a top and it's spelled Topsoil, right? It's like it's just one word. Right. There's a Topsoil Beach in North Carolina, which I wonder if that's where they got. But I've only heard it pronounced Topsoil because that's (laughs) that's what we do in the South, obviously. Yeah. Um, So yeah, they used a high school. Uh, in Wilmington, where called Topsail High, and there is a real Topsail. Now, see, they're spelling this Topsail, but the other one, the town, is spelled Topsoil. So we'll have to get to the bottom of this. Oof. But um, uh, most of the props for Topsail High School were taken uh, from the real high school there in Wilmington. Oh, nice. Um, and then just for me to make this completely about me, mm. Craig, I also... Worked on something that shot at a high school. Was that a high school <laughs> in Wilmington, North Carolina? Yes, but you anyway, did. if you're out there and you, you you came and visited that too, I think I did. <clears throat> Folks, if you need a high school, go to Wilmington. There's there's great opportunities there em. for yeah. your movies. Um, although we've just obviously discussed that nobody goes to high school anymore and or cares about. It. Anyway, um, there is a skating rink in the movie. Um, 
that was the Sunset Skating Rink located in Wilmington, mm-hmm. which uh, you can see the original owners are also in that scene, but it has since changed names to Scooters, but supposedly still looks much like it did during the movie. Hopefully they've got some framed stills up or a couple headshots autographed by like various cast members there. We'll have to go find out. Um, <clears throat> the movie dropped November 6th, 1987 few months after it shot obviously there i got two taglines for you craig Mm. these aren't too bad let's see here first one is there's only one thing more frightening than murder can you guess what it is 1942's casablanca uh no it's high school high school yeah that makes more sense a little bit uh second one is where can a young stockbroker on the run from the mob seek refuge high school exclamation it's a little wordy. I don't know. That was, not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, in Brazil, this movie was known as Fugindo de Mafia, which is fleeing from the mafia translation. Mm-hmm. In Sweden, it was Inupi Pa Raimen, or A Yuppie on the Run. Yeah. It's kind of on the nose. I, I, IMDb also lists an alternate title, title for the U.S. as Adult Education. Mm. It sounds like a porn. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not familiar with why a movie of this caliber, I guess, where and when it, and how it would have an alternate title in the U.S. That seems weird. Maybe yeah. there was an early cut or something. Anyway, did not find a budget, uh, but box office. Thankfully, these movies of the 80s always have interesting box office trains, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, This movie finished 10th the weekend of November 6th, so not a huge bow, but still it made two million bucks that weekend. Sure. Uh, One through nine, Fatal Attraction, Hello Again, Baby Boom, Less Than Zero, Suspect, suspect, excuse me, Death Wish 4, Fatal Beauty, The Hidden, and Like Father, Like Son. Guess what was number 11 that weekend, Craig? Uh, 87. Uh, Night of the Creeps. The Princess Bride. Oh. Yeah. I think it had been out for a couple weeks for sure at that point. Yeah. Uh, domestically, though, the movie totaled a little over $7 million. So, you know, not a huge hit. It finished 98th on the year, just above the aforementioned Death Wish 4 and the Chipmunk Adventure movie. <laughs> and just below Ironweed and Who's That Girl? Wow. So I'm going to give you the top 12 of 1987. Do you want to guess the first one? You don't have to. If you if anything's popping to mind, you can. No. One movie not, not after overall. my terrible guess already. No. I know. They're hard. I don't think I would have come up with this, but it's so obvious. It was Three Men and a Baby. It was number one that year. Uh, Fatal Attraction. Beverly Hills Cop 2. Good Morning Vietnam. All of those made over $120 million. It was pretty pretty even there. That is. Uh, then you drop down. You had Moonstruck, The Untouchables, Secret of My Success, Stakeout, Lethal Weapon, which I I would have sworn that would have been way bigger. Yeah. Um, only made $65 million that year. I, I don't know. I mean, I, that's a lot, obviously. But uh, And then Witches of Eastwick, Dirty Dancing, and Predator, which I also would have pegged being higher up that list. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of great stuff in '87. Like just going through that, you know, you Raising Arizona was in like the the '50 rank era. Uh, right. There's a bunch of stuff, Princess Bride, and a ton of things. Um, reviews were were somewhat mixed, but not too bad. Uh, Ebert 
actually compared this movie to Like Father, Like Son and said that it was, quote, an example of the newest Hollywood genre, the generation squeeze, in which plots artificially combine adult and teenage elements to attract the latter to the movie theater while getting enough of an adult audience for the rental market. Right. Interesting. And probably not completely wrong, or at least far-fetched to imagine that that happened. Yeah. Uh, but he did say that the movie got him to wonder what it would be like to revisit one's high school years, but said that Peggy Sue Got Married from 86 is a film that portrayed that scenario more successfully. Which, you know, that might there might be a slight generation. Maybe high school just looks a little more familiar to Ebert in that movie versus sure. this one. I don't know. We'll see. Well, and that's... Uh, Janet, I- yeah, yeah I guess that's the thing. Like, I'm trying to figure out, is this really a... I've always thought of this as, it, like, it must be a comedy, but I feel like it's actually a drama, despite the, uh, the taglines. Yeah, I, comedy, I, drama, romance, according to IMDb, so we'll see. Interesting. <laughs> Just throw it at the wall. Um, Janet Maslin said the movie was pleasant enough with mild jokes that, quote, revolve around things such as Mr. Cryer's accidentally giving tax advice to the father of a teenage girl he's dating. Um, She thought the film's conclusion suggested that Cryer, quote, could have unexpected charm in more adult roles, which clearly he did in Two and a Half Men. Um, So good prediction there, Miss Maslin. Clint Morris at Movie Hole in 2006, so... Curious to see how this movie has aged. It said, uh, quote, a fun, fast comic thriller that serves the talents of Cryer magnificently. So, yeah, it's got his fans out there. Nice. Uh, Craig, miscellaneous stuff here. One of the names you did not mention that's in this movie uh, is John Cryer's mother. Oh. Who I think plays his aunt in this movie. So that's a little weird. A little weird. Uh, but her name was Gretchen, which is my lovely wife's oh. name. So I felt like I should mention that. Yes. Congratulations. Now, you mentioned Annabeth Gish and the fact that she was in Nixon. Yes. Well, apparently in this movie, Craig, we need to look out for the fact that she, I think, writes a paper for school which criticizes Nixon. And then sure enough, yeah, a few years later, She's she Nixon. played his daughter in that Oliver Stone movie. And in the movie, publicly defends her father from the very same things that she describes in her paper in this movie. So, uh, a weird bit of movie. That is interesting. Magic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, supposedly, and this was a bit confusing to me whether this actually happened, but Roy Orbison was asked to record a duet with Katie Lang of the song Crying. It's a very famous song. Yeah. And I feel like, the, did that actually happen? I don't know. Like, it didn't say, but that, I was like, Not I think I, do I know about that? Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, look for it. Maybe. Uh, maybe that got nixed and they used another version of some kind on the soundtrack. Um, but IMDb thinks if you like this movie, Craig, here's here's six movies you'll like. Oh. Tell me if you've heard of any of these. Morgan Stewart's Coming Home. Yes. And John Cryer movie. No Small Affair. No. John Cryer, 1984. Uh, the Heavenly Kid. Yes. Obviously, right? She's Out of Control. Yes. Yeah. Tony Danza. Yep. Uh, Made to Order. Yep. Ali Sheedy. Ali yep. Sheedy. Yeah. And last but not least, The Legend of Billie Jean, which I believe you crawled yes. a masterpiece, Craig. It is a masterpiece, Sean. 
I'm not saying I didn't bring it up to debate it. I just bring it up because we've done it and you liked it quite a bit. Yes, I did. Um, I could not find really anything that fascinating that was going on November 6th, 1987. I did find the number one song in America that week, mm. which was the number one song for two weeks, Craig. Mm. God, do you, uh, do you think you could guess this answer? Uh, uh, yeah. So hard, yeah. Number one song, 1987, November of 1987. Yeah. Just these two weeks. I'll tell you, I'll give you a hint. Okay. It actually knocked Michael Jackson's bad out of that slot. Oof. God, I should know that. I actually kind of should know that. Sean, I don't even have a good guess for you. Wait, was it a bunch of dudes with long hair? It was not. You, it's okay. the other direction, Teeny Bopper. It was uh, I Think We're Alone Now by Tiffany. Oh, wow. Yeah, I got to go to the nice. mall. Get your jean jacket, roll them sleeves up, mm-hmm. and dance the night away, folks. <laughs> uh, speaking of, there's a pretty disturbing documentary. Well, not, not disturbing is not the right word, but uh, a documentary about Tiffany super fans that was made within this decade. It's, <laughs> oh, really? it's something to see if you're really bored one night Um, (laughs) but she's aged very well and uh she's still got super fans it appears good for her so yeah 1987 lives on strong to this day as we will continue that when we talk about this movie in full next week craig do you remember where this is available uh i believe it's available on amazon prime Okay, think maybe two B TV as well, but okay. uh, look it up. We'll we'll maybe throw in a link to it when we post this on our Facebook page. But yeah, go check it out if you haven't seen it already, or if you're just nostalgic to watch it again. Come back next time. We'll get real deep into it, all the way back to high school. All the way, baby. We're going all the way back to high school. Uh, do you want to have any additional last words, Craig? Uh. Um. Uh. Happy graduation. <laughs> Sounds good. From this episode. <laughs>